Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, everybody. Scott Luton and Kelly Barner are here with you on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's show. Now, on today's episode, we're going to be diving into the story of an industry leader, a trailblazer, really a mover and a shaker in supply chain and beyond. It's going to be quite an inspiring and informative session. Kelly, got a good one teed up, huh? Yes, we do. I am really, really looking forward to this interview. We have an amazing person joining us today. I've done a little bit of homework, learning more about her. So I think everybody is going to enjoy this conversation. I agree. I agree. Now, really quick, uh, before we bring our guest in here today, uh, great to have you on this episode. But these conversations are just some of the things that we're collaborating on together. Uh, folks, if you love procurement, uh, be, be sure to find Dial P for procurement wherever you get your podcast from, because procurement is cool now. Right, Kelly? Yes, it is. And actually, tiny little change there. Not if you love procurement, because you love procurement. Ah, yeah, nice. we just benefited Very... the doubt to everybody. We just assume everybody loves procurement around here. <laughs> that That is right. That is right. And also, for any of our history nerds out there, hey, raise your hand. I know I am one. You can check out This Week in Business History, where, where Kelly and I dive into great stories from our collective past. Uh, we drop a new episode each and every Tuesday. So, Kelly, with all of that said, now that uh, we've, we've done the heavy lifting, we've got a wonderful guest joining us here today. Uh, can I go ahead and let the cat out of the bag and introduce her? Please do. All right. Awesome. So I want to dive right in. I want to welcome in our featured guest. She brings more than 30 years of FedEx experience, industry experience to the role. Uh, our guest has been recognized on the Cranes Cleveland 2020 Power 150 list and by Business Insider as one of the uh, 17 most powerful women leading top logistics companies in 2021. She is certainly kicking a dent in the universe, as Steve Jobs would say. Join me in welcoming the president and CEO of FedEx Custom Critical Inc., Ramona Hood. Thank you, Scott. It's my pleasure to be here. Ramona, great to see you. Uh, we enjoyed our pre-show conversation, our orientation. Uh, I think we all got good marks for that uh, from our uh, friends here in the production suite, but so nice to see you. Uh, now, Kelly, we were talking about where Ramona is today, which is, I think, just south of Akron, Ohio. Is that right, Ramona? That's correct. Okay. But where I want to start this conversation is one of our favorite questions, which is, where did you grow up, Ramona? And, and give us a few anecdotes about your upbringing. Absolutely. So uh, not far. I was born and raised in the Akron area, uh, went to school uh, as well uh, for both my undergrad as well as my executive uh, MBA. Um, and I'm a, a mother of two girls uh, that I uh, love to spend time with, travel with, uh, and I'm best known to be a foodie. Uh, the best way to have okay. a meeting with me is to do something <laughs> over food. All right. So I got to ask, I got to do a follow-up question there, Kelly. You know, we love talking about food here at Supply Chain Oh, now. yeah. We're all in good uh, company here. <laughs> that's right. So Ramona, uh, you were describing some of your travels uh, in the pre-show. What's one food dish, uh, whether it's on your recent travels or if you want to share one of your favorite food dishes growing up? 
Yeah, so uh, this is a pretty special month for me. So I'm going to share uh, a food dish just from growing up. So the, the month of April uh, is my birthday month, and I, I celebrate it all, all month long. And Sunday, um, April 10th, I actually, it was my birthday. And so I have an uncle who will cook dinner uh, for the birthday person. So I went hometown to fried chicken macaroni and cheese, uh, green mm. beans. Um, and that's like one of my favorite go-to comfort foods. I agree. Now, big follow-up question here, because we, we've got a big disagreement, uh, a round around disagreement here in the Luton household. Do you put hot sauce, our favorites, Tabasco on mac and cheese, or do you eat it with no hot sauce? So I only put the hot sauce on my chicken. I do not put ah. it on my macaroni and cheese. Okay. Only the heavy hitting questions around here at Supply Chain now. Kelly, same question to you. On the mac and cheese, hot sauce or no hot sauce? So yes on the mac and cheese, but I have to tell you the truth. I'd be yes on the green beans, yes on the chicken. Hot sauce just generally goes on everything. That's sort of my philosophy. I'm with you. I am with you. I, uh, I like right, the so way you guys eat. <laughs> well, so, so next time we're going to do this in person and we're going to do it proper over a nice plate of food. I'd love to meet your uncle. It sounds like, uh, he's quite a cook. He is actually, um, he cooks every Sunday for us. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, okay. One final, uh, follow-up question before I, um, I pass the baton to my dear friend, Kelly Barner, um, sports, music, anything else that really factored in to your upbringing that, um, you know, when you look back really stands out, uh, as part of a big part of your journey. Yeah. So probably a couple things, uh, when I think about it beyond the, the food side of things, uh, certainly living in the Akron Cleveland area, uh, there are some teams that are, uh, go-to and, and favorites, uh, being born and raised in Akron, although I'm a little bit older, just a little bit, uh, than LeBron, <laughs> Uh, the, the Cavs are, are one that it was great to see a championship happen. Um, Cleveland Browns, got to love them if you're uh, local to the area. So sports, um, always big. As I said, Sunday is a family gathering. And so very common to watch a, a football game on the TV as we're eating dinner as well. I'm with you. I'm with you. And, you know, um, we're all kind of – them for the Browns to get over the hump. And I think they made the playoffs last year, which is a great step forward. Um, I'm a big Clemson fan, Ramona. And back in the day in the 80s, of course, Michael Dean Perry, uh, the Fridge's younger brother, who was nicknamed the Icebox, was on the defensive line for the, the Browns. Uh, Kevin Mack, uh, another uh, Clemson football player, would steamroll any linebacker trying to tackle him. Reggie Langerhorns, of course, Bernie Kosar, some great teams uh, back in the 80s. We hope that they get over the hump and get in the Super Bowl maybe the next uh, year or two. How about that, Ramona? I, Scott, I'm impressed, one, with your your history and your knowledge of the Browns, even though it's the connection of Clemson. And I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm looking for us to really build uh, a team that can sustain and uh, get a championship for us. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, Kelly, Gosh, I, I'd love to spend just an hour talking about food and sports and uh, kind of the Cleveland Akron uh, area uh, with Ramona, but we've got to get into the heavy lifting, right? Yes, we do. And Ramona, Scott had mentioned when you first joined us that you lead FedEx's custom critical division. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that part of FedEx does? Absolutely. So FedEx Custom Critical, our organization, 
It's a leading North American transportation provider in the business to business space. And so we offer a range of transportation capabilities. Um, the portfolio itself of services are everything from exclusive uh, transportation where it needs to be expedited. Uh, we have temperature control solutions as well as other logistical solutions. And so we operate in a couple different industry, industries. A few of those are healthcare. Uh, so uh, COVID-19, you think about the, the vaccine when we had the EAU approval, uh, that was a FedEx custom critical truck picking up the first vaccine. We support uh, government initiatives and uh, that is a sector that we do quite a bit of business with. And then consumer goods. Uh, those are three uh, industries that we play in fairly well. And obviously critical work, especially anything that you've done to support distribution of the vaccine. But more recently, your team has had some involvement, as many other supply chain players have, around sending support to Ukraine. Um, so to the extent that you're, you're willing and able to talk publicly about that, what has your team's role been there? Yeah, definitely. You know, first, I, I would like to just share that, you know, we're, we're deeply disturbed by what's happening in Ukraine um, and our thoughts and solitary are with the people affected by the ongoing violence. Um, and so it's a place where we, we have team members that work and live. And so our top priority is the safety of those team members and their family. Uh, but we are providing some support. We're doing both uh, uh, financial assistance uh, to them and the affected communities as well. Mm. Now, I know that um, at FedEx, oh, did you want to go ahead, Scott? Well, I, I just wanted to, to echo uh, her uh, Ramona's sentiments there. It's it's uh, the atrocities going on, uh, you know, blatant outright aggression. It is just it's heartbreaking. And I really admire uh, companies from the private sector that have found a way to you know, use their wherewithal and their supply chains, their, supply, their resources, even their people to, to do what they can uh, to, to really serve those in need in Ukraine and Poland and the whole region. So Ramona, big thanks to what uh, FedEx is doing along those lines. Uh, we certainly hope cooler heads prevail mm -hmm. and we get a ceasefire so we can, we can um, um, you know, get to work figuring out a, a better solution there and, and putting an end to all the suffering. So, um, sorry, Kelly. Um, no, of course not. So, I mean, and, and really, Scott, that that does provide us with a, a perfect transition to the next thing that we were going to ask Ramona about, because what we're seeing evidenced in your work with the vaccine, evidenced in your work to support the people in Ukraine, is proof of the company culture that you've built up. And as the leader of this organization, can you talk a little bit about the importance of culture to you, but also the work that you have to do on a daily basis to build that culture, make sure everyone understands and internalizes it so that we can, in fact, see this external evidence of the good work that you're doing internally? Yeah, Kelly, you know, that, that that's a big question in itself. Um, culture is so critical uh, to an organization. It, it really reflects who you are. It, it aligns us to what's important. Um, it makes us resilient and it empowers us to deliver great results. Um, so it's bigger than one team member um, and it requires each, as a, each of us to kind of make a choice how we choose to show up and demonstrate it on a, a daily basis. And so as a, a leader, uh, I and we, we all need to kind of understand that assignment 
that we, we choose to take by uh, leading uh, others in our organization. But as I think about, you know, culture uh, and some examples, just over the last uh, couple of years, the, the first thing I think about is, you know, those events that took place in, in 2020 um, that really allowed us to kind of lean into who we are uh, and what's important during a time of so much uncertainty because of the pandemic uh, that hit us in the U.S. in, in March of 2020. Um, and as I think about the year, and those challenges and uncertainty, and then to find us at a place at the end of the calendar year uh, where we're moving the first uh, COVID vaccine. Uh, I remember the team and our highs and our lows throughout that. And it was really because we knew what our purpose was um, and the impact we were gonna have on the world uh, by being a part of the delivery of the, the vaccine. And now, you know, we fast forward into 2022 um, and we're learning now how to kind of take the flexibility of what we've done with working from home and how, how to reframe it so that we can create this flexible work environment. Um, and so when you think about culture, you know, our goal is uh, to continue to have the strong culture where our values are brought to life, no matter where the team members are physically or digitally, you know, if we sit or interact, we want to make sure that as we work in our next normal, uh, that we bring that same culture uh, to us, regardless of the physical or digital uh, environment we may be in. Well, and it's interesting you bring up the end of 2020, because I can remember watching on the news. I mean, these were glory days for supply chain professionals, right, where they would send in news crews as the first shipments of vaccine were going out. And I know at least one of the ones that I watched live on television was in a FedEx facility. And you just, you feel such a sense of pride because we know as people working in industry that the physical movements and the systems that coordinated it all were exactly the same things that had always been in place, but having the opportunity to step up and play such a critical role in the response to the pandemic, um, it really was a moment of pride. And I have to think for you as a leader, Ramona, to have your team out there making such a difference, that must have been incredibly rewarding for you and, and for them and really an opportunity to sort of celebrate achievements despite all the challenges we were facing. Absolutely, and I think you you hit it on the head, you know, to to be able to demonstrate and be on a, a platform to share what we do. Uh, and that was our tagline. This is what we do. Um, it was just being done in an environment now that it was highlighted that others recognize the value that we have in supply chain and more importantly, uh, to the health of uh, people across the world. Mm. I'll tell you, the noble mission uh, from Ukraine to the pandemic. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, finding your purpose, which I'll tell you, that, that's got to be the, the silver lining uh, in any bad day, bad time is finding you know, who you are, finding out you know, why does this matter, what we do, uh, that purpose is so uh, fulfilling and rewarding. And I also love your, how you, the, the context you're sharing is through the team, you know, through the team, what they're experiencing. Uh, and I love the, that mantra you mentioned, this is what we do. Um, but I want to talk about Ramona Hood for just a second before we go a little more, a little more broad, uh, a little more broad. In 2020, Ramona, you became the first Black CEO in FedEx history. Now, I mentioned that you were a trailblazer on the front end, and and that's just part of what makes you, you know, the pioneer. Two part question. Um, you know, for for you and your journey, you know, tell us 
what that means to you. And then secondly, for any of our listeners that want to do the same thing, maybe in a different vein, you know, they want to be, you know, the first step through other doors or, or windows of opportunity or, or break through them. You know, what do, would your advice be? Yeah. So Scott, you know, in the first part of it, what, what it meant for me, um, certainly this was a, a career goal and aspiration, uh, but where it really hit internally was uh, once um, I accepted the, the role, uh, I called my, my girls and uh, we're in this together. So, you know, uh, all of the travel, all of the uh, different work assignments that I've had, um, it, it's been a partnership with my two daughters. So um, they, they knew the opportunity uh, had presented itself. And I remember um, being in my office, uh, signing the acceptance letter, and I called my daughters and I said, it's official. Um, I've accepted the role of president and CEO of FedEx Custom Critical. And my older daughter on that call said to me, mom, did you just break the glass ceiling? And I have to tell you, Scott, it was so emotional because uh, you, you don't exactly know what your kids understand as you're going down a pathway. Um, but certainly they were well, well, well aware of um, the uh, impact uh, this role would have not only on me and them, but really an opportunity um, to create a platform to talk about those those possibilities. Um, so it means the world to me, not being the first, but really being able to make sure that there's many that come after me um, as mm. I continue my my journey as well. And so as I R think hey, about- Ramona, if, Yes. If, can, I, can I butt in just for a quick second? Just for a quick Absolutely. second, Kelly. We were, we were talking pre-show um, about our kids, right? All three of us were kind of sharing, uh, you know, and the, these our kids, as Ramona just eloquently uh, described, they are so perceptive. They pick up on everything, right? Those bad days that we just alluded to, they knew that. They, they know the challenges. They, they experience them. They know the days away from home. They know the the, the leadership uh, challenges that go with, you know, upper, you know, all roles, but especially senior levels uh, of leadership. And what a special moment, Ramona, that you just described when you and your two daughters and that question you got uh, from one of your daughters. Kelly, you know, as a fellow parent, mother, uh, leader, how does that resonate with you? Well, first of all, I'm trying not to mess up my makeup. I think that's beautiful, Ramona. I, I also have three kids, but my oldest is a daughter. And so as a mom, right, we, we want to make sure that, yes, we're breaking ceilings and, yes, we're looking out for those who will come behind us, but our daughters are in that pack, right? So mm -hmm. I think that's incredibly inspiring. I love the opportunity that you had to get them on the phone so quickly to be a part of that moment, even if they weren't physically in the room as you signed the letter. So I'm thrilled that you're willing to share that with everybody. Mm. Thank you. Absolutely, Ramona. And we talked about you know, kicking a big old dent in universe. That's exactly what Ramona Hood did, uh, did here <laughs> and continues to do. But the second part of that question, because uh, I know that you're most passionate based on what you just shared a second ago to make sure that, you know, there's a there's an army that follows you. Uh, how would you what advice would you give to any of our listeners that want to do the same thing? Yeah, absolutely, Scott. I, I think uh, that's that's the critical and most important part of it is that there are others that have the opportunity to to follow. And 
for me, it's about being intentional with your, your career. Um, and I have found three things to be helpful for me. Uh, get to this point and continue to, to grow as a leader as well. Um, and the first one is being comfortable with sharing what your aspirations are. So truly understanding uh, what excites you, kind of getting to that purpose, your individual purpose, but really sharing that with others. Um, second, I talk about the importance of having work, um, and I, I call it a board of directors for my own growth, and uh, that includes coaches, uh, who are people who are helping me uh, grow in specific skills and experiences, uh, mentors, those individuals that have been there, done that, uh, and they can give me guidance and wisdom. Um, and probably the most important is sponsors. And those are people that have the, the power and the authority uh, that you don't have, um, but they're the people that are gonna advocate for you. They're gonna bring you into rooms that maybe uh, you wouldn't uh, by yourself get that invitation. Um, and so I just think it's important to uh, really build, build that network. And the last piece of advice I, I'd share, Scott, is um, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. Um, and that means continuing to learn, continuing to uh, take uh, a risk assignments, uh, being okay with failure. Um, and that's really important so that you continue to grow and learn as well. So those are kind of the three areas of advice that I would give uh, anyone as they're thinking about their, their dreams and their goals and how to kind of navigate uh, to get to it. So uh, Kelly, very practical, been there, done that advice uh, that I'm sure our listeners will appreciate and hopefully act on. What was your favorite piece there, Kelly? Well, I'm going to cheat because I did reading. So <laughs> sort of backing up what you shared, I love the fact that you raised your hand, right? You saw opportunities very early on to build your career and grow within FedEx. You didn't just sit and even work hard, which is hard, right? You raised your hand for opportunities. You indicated that you were open to the next step. You applied for positions, which is scary, right? Because not only do you have to maintain um, a solid record of very hard work and, and high performance, you do have to kind of put it out there that you're interested in what's coming next. And I think it's easy to overlook how important that is to both be doing a good job and keeping an eye on where your career is headed next. So I think it's practical advice. Um, I think it's deceptively hard to follow, um, which really makes the place that you've realized at this point in your career all that more impressive because you clearly stuck to your vision. Mm. Ramona? Yes, Scott. I, I, Would you, I, you know, the way the way Kelly uh, summarizes it is just is spot on. And uh, I, I think, you know, that the key is uh, being willing to, to raise your hand, being willing to realize beyond your results and the competency you have in doing the job, um, the ability to share uh, in a way that isn't boastful, but uh, certainly allows people to know what your capabilities are. Uh, both of y'all have me ready to run through this wall behind me. I, I think it's such, um, you know, because it's not lip service. It, this is, this is part of the, This is what both of you and certainly Ramona you've been doing and to what has gotten you here. Um, and I really appreciate that. I appreciate you sharing, um, your perspective and, and those very special family moments. I want to shift gears a little bit. As, as important as leadership, real leadership is in this world we live in right now, maybe more important than ever before. Hard to say that, but um, there's so much from a from a sheer 
global business, global supply chain standpoint, there's so much going on. Uh, there are lots of silver linings, right? We've learned, I think industry's learned a ton that's going to make uh, uh, the global supply chain much stronger. I'm not going to use the R word, you know, <laughs> resilient. It's, it's, it's going to be better for consumers. It's going to be better for employees. It's going to be better for um, uh, shareholders, uh, the environment. We're learning a ton in, in, in the last couple of years. But what's one thing, Ramona, when, when you look at and survey global business, global supply chain, what's one thing that you may be tracking more than others right now? Yeah, Scott, so to your point, there is so much out there right now. If if you and I and others went to kind of do a search on the, the trends in the, the global supply chain, uh, quickly within, you know, three seconds, we'd find over a dozen uh, trends. Um, and a few of them out there are, you know, related to that the flow is um, in key markets and some of the challenges there, uh, production shortage, um, technology enablement, how you know that's being used as an opportunity, um, and then the workforce and labor labor constraints. Um, so there's not one trend by itself that I'm kind of focused on, but it's really around the strategy that helps with uh, several of those trends. And I, I'm a believer that regardless of those trends, uh, the strategy to either mitigate the challenge or maybe seize the opportunity, it's going to be focused on kind of the organizational resilience. And, and you use the word resilience. And, you know, I, I think maybe uh, the word gets over you sometimes, but, you know, we can't, we can't forget what we saw in, in 2020 and where we're at in 2022. And I do think there's an importance of kind of cultivating resilience from the standpoint of our ability to anticipate the speed in which we react um, and then the planning against the unexpected and the uncertain uh, because we'll continue to have trends and challenges um, and there will be elements of uncertainty that comes into play but if we can develop that that mental model around the resilience for the organization i think our ability to deal with those uh, trends will be more effective well said. Uh, well said. Kelly, I'd love to get your, your uh, response to that here in just a second. But first, you know, uh, Ramona mentioned that mantra. This is what we do early on when she was talking about the noble missions that they've been a part of. Um, but I would also add another mantra that at least is echoing in my ears is that of so what? You know, when, when consumers or employers are asking for certain things, uh, especially in these recent years, any obstacles that prevented them from getting what they want look so much different after the last couple of years. And so we can't do that. Why? So what? Let's do it. I mean, that's what I think leading organizations and leadership that are really, you know, we talked about the value, Ramona, pre-show about getting out there, um, sitting down with the customers, really hearing from them. I'm, it sounds like you're doing, you do the same thing with your team members, which are just as valuable. You know, how can we make sure the journey for, for them and all, all stakeholders um, is as positive and successful as possible. Um, and I appreciate your focus around strategies to do just that. Kelly, how would you respond to some of those things that uh, Ramona mentioned there? Well, I think what I've heard, and, and from my perspective, there are sort of two types of leaders or executives coming out of all this, right? There are the people that sort of clung to, no, tactically, this is the way we do things. We have to trust our systems. And then there are people that had a degree of that. But as Ramona, you said, you go back to the strategies, right? Because strategies flex in a way that tactics and operational things sometimes don't. 
And I think when the really hard part is not letting the tactical details go, but keeping your eye on proven strategies and finding a way for them to meet in the middle at scale. Um, you know, we've, we've all become experts in supply chain over the last two years. First, there was where is my toilet paper? Then there was, why can't I find my brand of cereal? And then we moved into where are my Christmas packages? So now everybody has had a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. Um, but as Scott and I know, and certainly you know as well from years of working in this industry, it's an incredibly complicated place to work. And at an organization as large and leading as FedEx, you're certainly, your strategies are big, your tactical details are really complicated. And I think for you to be able to pull that all together over the last two years, it really is incredible. Mm. So, Thanks, Kelly. You know, Ramona, one of the things that, that you mentioned that I, I was just going to touch on is uh, the complexity uh, of supply chain. And, um, you know, I, I believe everyone has a certain talent and a, a superpower, if you will. Um, and, and mine personally is really looking at things that are complex, that are big, and really simplifying it um, through strategies that allow us to, to execute on it as well. So uh, I agree with what you said there as well. Sim uh, simplification. Uh, blessed are those that can make things simple. Uh, I've Absolutely. long believed that. And gosh, <laughs> we need a lot of that uh, here these days. Um, okay. So, Ramona, I feel like, you know, Every once in a while, we get a master class uh, and been there, done that leadership. And we're going to have to get some more time with you later this year. Uh, there's so many, so much to ask you about, so little time. But as we start to kind of come around that that uh, that final curve and head down the home stretch, I want to ask you about something. I also did a little stalking, not stalking. We, we call it due diligence, getting ready for interviews, right, Kelly? Um, so something you shared on social um, a month or so ago, maybe a couple months ago that when it comes to real leadership and advocacy, quote, are thousands of small nudges, together we can move mountains, end quote. I just love that. And as I told you pre-show, I'm gonna absolutely steal it from you and use it. Uh, I will work out some kind of commission package or, or um, licensing <laughs> package maybe, but um, it's really so powerful because I think, I don't know about y'all, but the last couple of years, um, it's, it's had me focus more in and, and try to appreciate those baby steps, you know, and, and the buildup of those baby steps, those, those small nudges as you speak to. But elaborate on what you meant there, because I, I probably took it out of context, perhaps. Um, I'm bad about that sometimes. But and what other advice would you package um, along with it if folks really wanted to fine tune their ability to lead in a very meaningful, impactful way? Well, Scott, first, my my daughters would call that creeping if you're on someone's social uh, pages, just <laughs> looking at what they do. Uh, I've been called a creeper myself from my kids uh, for doing that. Uh, but I, I, I think the uh, quote you're referring to uh, was a post that I had on LinkedIn for um, American uh, Heart Association. And so, you know, to me, advocacy is so important. And I think uh, realizing that all of us can do it. Um, and either there's a responsibility that I believe you have to advocate on the behalf of others, um, but really anyone um, has the ability of making an, an impact, um, no matter how big or how small that is. And I think once we realize that we all have a part to play um, and that's how you get those small incremental progressions 
uh, to take place. And so, you know, raising two daughters, I try to instill in them as well that they can make a change. Um, they, their actions, their voices are all meaningful and uh, with the intention of uh, leading in a good way and making an impact, we all can do that. Uh, and together, collectively, it's where we start to kind of move the, the mountain of it. Mm. All right. Uh, you know, I, I love we could talk leadership for, for days on end. Kelly, really quick, your response. Then I know that you've got just one more, one or two more questions for Ramona. I do. So I, I love the empowerment message of that, Ramona, because you're not saying anybody VP and above can move the mountain, right? Anybody director and above can move the mountain, right? You really do need every single pair of hands. Um, and so that's an incredibly empowering message. Hopefully people at all levels of all organizations have had an opportunity to see their impact over the last couple of years. But before we do run out of time, what I would love to know from you is what are a couple of things, either eureka moments or things that really changed your thinking? What were a couple of your big learnings over the last couple of years? Well, you know, I, I'll have to go back to uh, 2020. Um, and so, you know, I, I moved in my role in, in January and I was pretty methodical with this plan of what, you know, my first 90 days were going to look like. And uh, I did Ramona roundtables with team members and I was planning to uh, go out and make sales visits with customers uh, and then spend time with our independent contractors as well. Um, but that plan had to shift and change when in March we saw in the U.S., um, the states start to shut down. And so um, I think we're an organization that uh, moves pretty quickly. Um, but for me, I would say um, the situation of the team coming together and in hours they were making decisions uh, that had team members working from home uh, while maintaining business continuity. Uh, and we were able to do it in just a few days. Uh, and we went through uh, four stages, a four stage model and was able to collect information to evaluate it. And we worked in that environment for over 24 months. Um, and so watching the team uh, do that and do it at the speed that they did, it really gave me the insight of how quickly we can move and get things done. Uh, so it's very hard now for the team to uh, talk to me about projects and initiatives and uh, scoping things that are gonna take you know six months to a year, because uh, I know we can move faster than that. Um, we did it. Um, and so just being agile with what's going on is, is really, uh, for me, that was the Eureka moment during the uh, past two years. Mm. Has Love any that. of that changed the way you think you'll lead going forward? Right. So clearly they're all busted. No more sandbagging, no more slow project timelines. But being a leader, it can be lonely at the top, right? Has anything that you've observed or experienced over the last couple of years affected the way you think you will function as a leader going forward? Yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of us um, over the last couple of years uh, increased our empathy and our, our grace. And so uh, that is not something that I, I 
took on and it's gone away. I think I, I think I have great uh, gratitude and grace for people and the circumstances and the situations that they're in. Uh, and I think um, I built um, even a bigger muscle in that area just based on what we've seen over the last two years. And I think it makes me no, a better leader because of that also. Yeah. And, and Scott, just to turn the tables on you, I would personally suggest that you're an empathetic leader. Um, any thoughts about what people watching or listening in can take away from what Ramona just shared and apply it to their own leadership situation? Oh, you did turn the tables. Um, you know, <laughs> all Ramona of us are said the human. stakes have gone up, so that includes us. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So all of us are human and all of us have natural reactions to bad news and, and when things don't go right and all that stuff. But Ramona mentioned that muscle and really being intentional and uh, to become more empathetic, you really have to be intentional and deliberate about, you know, working that muscle and exercising it so that it's there almost as a, almost as a um, uh, uh, deep breath before you react in these challenging times, right? Because as Ramona mentioned, it puts her in a better position to be a better leader, which puts her team in a better position for her to be able to do more and, and make more nudges and take care of them and, and of course, the customer. So uh, being intentional and deliberate and not just, uh, you know, empathy has become one of those words uh, like resilience, right? And so like some of these other words that have become uh, very cliche in, in uh, recent years. But, you know, folks want to see it in action. You know, deeds, not words is a big mantra around here. And uh, to be able to do that and almost do it again as a, as a natural reaction, you got to be, you got to practice it, right? And, and, and put it in action. And, and Ramona clearly uh, you know, you're a deeds, not words leader. Um, that that's probably one of the things that's, that's helped, you know, put you where you are. So you're in position to, 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 you know, kick that dent in universe and make sure a lot of folks will uh, follow in your footsteps. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, every year I kind of think about, uh, my personal, uh, and professional goals. And uh, there were two things in 2022 that um, I'm very conscious of, and I, I'm trying to make sure that I, I continue to do better and better. And, and one is, uh, I say, um, uh, grace is good for the soul. Um, and so just remembering to uh, give others grace. Uh, and again, not knowing everyone's situation or um, what they may have gone through. But uh, again, grace is grace is good for the soul. So I try to remember that. And then the second one, and I think it's just, again, thinking about the last two years is around leaning into joy and uh, actually leaning into gratitude and taking a moment for joy. So I'm a very uh, result oriented uh, person, uh, like to set goals and then move to the next goal. And when I think about the last couple years of what's important, you know, taking those moments to really lean in, um, and have joy are just as important as hitting that, that milestone or accomplishment as well. Uh, so those are the two things that I'm focused on, uh, this year. So I continue to be, uh, a good person working on being a better person. I love that Kelly. Uh, so much, Good stuff in the last hour or so, but we've got one, I think, one final question for Ramona, right? We do. Ramona, for anybody that has spent the last bit of time in our company, what is the best way for them to learn more about you, connect with you, or get in touch? 
Absolutely. So uh, LinkedIn is the place to uh, find me. I'm pretty active on it. So Ramona Hood, um, you can follow me. I, I try to give Wednesday wisdom and a couple other things to keep it going, uh, including during uh, early parts of COVID, you'd see my Black Lab Brie uh, on there. Um, and it doesn't bother me that she gets more followers than I do. But um, certainly that's one place, one place to follow me. And then uh, if there are customers who have a, a need for FedEx Custom Critical or need to know a little bit more, uh, about our services, FedExCustomCritical.com. Uh, we'll provide them more insight to the services that we provide as well. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, uh, you know, uh, Ramona Hood, I've really enjoyed, you know, we, we set a high bar for what we thought this interview would be, and you have surpassed that and then some. We look forward to reconnecting with you again. There's so much here uh, from your journey, your expertise, your story, how you view the world. And I really appreciate what you shared over the last hour. So thank you so much for your time. Scott and Kelly, it's been a pleasure. I am so glad we had a chance to talk uh, before uh, this conversation. And I look forward to an opportunity of us having uh, a future conversation, maybe at some point in person over food. Uh, but certainly this was a, a highlight of my uh, day as well. You, you bring the mac it. and it's cheese, we'll bring the hot sauce. <laughs> right. That's right, Kelly. Uh, but thank you very much uh, to uh, Ramona Hood, President and CEO of FedEx Custom Critical. We'll see you again real soon. Thank you. All right, Kelly, there's a ton to unpack here. But for the sake of time, just what's your what's one of your favorite things that Ramona shared here today? Oh, that's easy. This is the very first interview ever that I've almost cried during. There's probably, a, you know, mm. there's no crying in baseball. There's also probably not crying in supply chain interviewing. But as a mom of a teenage daughter, her retelling that moment of signing her acceptance letter with her girls on the phone, whew, I was like, okay, think about something slightly else for a minute. That was an incredibly mm. touching and personal moment. I love the fact that she shared that with us. Agreed. That was very special. Um, uh, you know, we, we, we try to, we try to walk a good, you know, good line, professional and personal. We, we try not to, um, you know, prod folks over sharing, but I'm so glad she shared. I could, I could picture Me that too. in my mind. I can't wait to share that with, with my kids and, and Amanda later today. Um, but on a lighter side, how cool and how much do you want to be a part of, uh, the Ramona round tables? I can just see it. I can see, um, the lessons learned, I can see, you know, the practical side where they get stuff done, but then the, you know, the exchange of the day and stories and anecdotes. And I bet, I don't know, but ask Ramona, maybe next time, I wonder if her uncle has ever made an appearance at those round tables <laughs> and kind of, you know, brought the cater? good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have to ask her later on, but uh, big thanks for you joining me here today, Kelly Barner. How can folks connect with you? Uh, same as Ramona, very easy. Find me on LinkedIn. You can also check out Buyer's Meeting Point, Art of Procurement, and of course, Dial P for Procurement here on Supply Chain Now. Awesome. Awesome. Big thanks to Kelly Barner. Folks, listeners, hopefully you enjoy this conversation as much as Kelly and I both did. Ramona Hood, what a dynamo. Uh, we look forward to having her back, but her journey is an, an expertise and experience is so uh, interesting and uplifting and, insp and inspiring, really. Um, but if you take anything away, right, on behalf of our entire team here at Supply Chain Now, on behalf of Kelly Barner, Scott Luton signing off now, challenging you to be like Ramona Hood. Do good, give forward, and be the change that's needed. And we'll see you next time right back here 
on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Thank you.